On this episode of our award-winning podcast, we'll focus on the impact of drug shortages on clinical practice and what could be done about them. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizient, and joining me is Dr. Mittal Sutaria and Dr. Stephen Lucio. Mittal, Stephen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Dr. Tom. It's great being here. Thank you. Mittal, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here at Vizient? Yeah, thanks so much. My name is Mithil Sataryal. I manage all of our pharmacy sourcing as well as network services here at Vizient. And really what we're focused on is addressing the top challenges for our providers, one of them being drug shortages. Thank you. And Steve, welcome back to the program. Why don't you remind our listeners of your background and what you do at Vizient? Tom, thank you so much. I lead our clinical team here at Vizient. So we do a lot of the work developing clinical and drug information resources to help our members with all sorts of circumstances. Unfortunately, one of those being drug shortages. And that's what Mithil and I are going to talk about today. So let's level set, because I'll be honest with you, as a practicing physician, I've been very frustrated with some of the drug shortages that have actually been affecting many of my patients, and I've actually had to change the way I'm treating them. So when we talk about drug shortages as a result of the pandemic, it's just not drugs, is it? That's absolutely true. It's not just drugs. It's really expanded beyond drugs. And we saw that quite a bit through the pandemic. You talk about gloves and gowns, the personal protective equipment, ventilators, all of those things were in shortage. And really the big challenges around supply chain issues, especially within the health systems and the challenges that our providers have been dealing with in the pharmaceutical side came to light across all different categories during the pandemic. So even drugs like you've mentioned some, but also contrast material, I've had to hold back on getting CT scans from my patients. And one recently is with the Adderall shortage, where it's actually affected many of my patients, many of whom I've actually placed on drug holidays. And I've never really considered that actually to be even an option going into the future. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'll say just if you think about the pharmaceutical category Drug shortages have been around for several decades now. And certainly with the pandemic, a lot of challenges around the need for transparency and resiliency came to light. And our providers had been managing that in the last two decades. So they knew what are some of the ways to circumvent that for pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. But these are some of the aftermaths of COVID that you're describing, as in China's policy on not being able to continue the production that was really needed specifically for the contract media shortage that you described Mm -hmm. that really impacted and not having the visibility as to what are the challenges that are coming down the pipeline as an aftermath of COVID is another big challenge in this area. So is it a specific supply chain issue or is it other components? I would say it's not just one supply chain issue, right? It's many components that come together around specifically drug shortages, whether it's the lack of transparency, maybe there's quality issues, there are labor shortages, raw material shortages. And then another big cause is it's unknown. It's simply put that as some of the times we just don't know why that shortage is occurring. Is it the number of suppliers that are in the market? Is it too few, too many? All of those things can be compounded together or individually contributing to the drug shortages. You know, it sounds like a perfect Swiss cheese model then, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, It's very interesting that you mentioned Swiss cheese because there was recently a report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, Medicine, and they really describe that Swiss cheese element in terms of having different layers to your strategies. 
in order to prevent drug shortages. And so you couldn't have come up with a better example because that's the thing. No specific strategy is perfect. Mm -hmm. You have to have multiple redundancies to try and address all of these different things like the lack of API or the fact that you just can't make medications overnight. Medications, they're used to treat diseases, to prevent illness, and that's not something that many people can do. You have to be licensed by the FDA to do that. You have to have the technology and the capabilities to do it. And so it's a very complex element, even for medications that have been around for a long time. And so because of that, and because there's so much fragility in the supply chain, like Mithil was talking about, not having the API or the manufacturing plant has issues or a foreign country has a certain strategy, then it creates a lot of different needs for various elements and plans to try and prevent those challenges from happening because this is not discretionary purchases. These things affect patients like you see and the patients that you treat. Right. And so it's a much higher level of impact when you do have an interruption in supply. The term that I've used quite frequently during this broadcast is that dirty little secrets that came out during the pandemic about us as an industry, if you will. I'm starting to see that this is another one. That is correct. Like Mithils mentioned, before the pandemic, we've had shortages. I've been with the organization over 20 years. And one of the things that I've worked on is trying to help providers, our members, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, physicians address and manage drug shortages. So this is not anything that's necessarily new, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But like Mithil was saying, we've had so much experience with it, especially on the pharmacy side, that we've become really good at managing it in terms of minimizing the impact on the patient, making sure physicians as much as possible have the medications that they need to prescribe. So we've kind of just adjusted to it. But the pandemic, the demand for these medications was just so overwhelming that even overcame all of the strategies, a lot of them that have been in place before. And so that's why we've been working even before the pandemic, but definitely after trying to find new ways of making differences in terms of the way we prepare and try and prevent shortages from ever happening. So it was the pandemic that broke the camel's back. It was this proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. I would say that definitely during the pandemic, we did see unprecedented demand for some of the pharmaceuticals, not where they were pre-existing supply challenges, but we just weren't ready for that type of a demand. We take an example of propofol, which was used on a lot of the patients that were diagnosed with COVID and supportive care. And we heard a lot on the news about the challenges around not having sufficient supply of ventilators. But then for a while, we didn't hear anything about the drugs that are utilized to support those ventilators as well. Because again, like Stephen mentioned, we have had providers manage these drug shortages for quite some time and have become adept and really good at managing that. But with the pandemic, having that demand skyrocket and not having sufficient supply for many of those products was a challenge that no one could have anticipated. So we spoke about Adderall as an example, affecting my patients currently. Why are drug shortages particularly challenging to recover from? So I would say that there are many reasons. You can't just ramp up a production overnight. There might be a raw material supply issue. And then there is sometimes lack of transparency too. So you might have a product where, yes, maybe there is three to four to five suppliers in the market, but maybe they're just using only one to two contract manufacturers that actually manufacture the product, but you have multiple suppliers that provide the product in the marketplace, right? And there is a lack of visibility to that. And then not knowing how much 
supply is truly available in the market and not knowing what the future demand is or how long that shortage is going to continue. So how quickly another supplier needs to enter the market in that space. Are there other alternatives that providers are going to shift to immediately and will the demand remain the same? All of those factors can contribute to how long that supply challenge is going to last. So Mito, what are some of the primary causes for drug shortages then? I would say that there are many. It's not just one, unfortunately. I will start with the basics. One, there's a lack of transparency as to where some of these materials are coming from, where every single manufacturing location is down to the NDC, which is the National Drug Code. Mm -hmm. Think about it like the SKU for each and every presentation of the drug that is out there. And then not knowing what are the available redundancies at the manufacturer level. What are some of the quality issues that might be happening? And then last but not least, Tom, we just don't know what could lead to drug shortages such as natural disaster. You could have a hurricane or tornado or a tsunami, name it, and could impact a plant. And if that's the only plant that makes that drug, it could lead to a drug shortage as well. So again, many of the causes potentially can be addressed, but then there are causes that are unknown or unanticipated as well. Mental and Steven, great episode, and we'll continue our discussion in our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Mental or Steven and their email address is shown in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at visioninc.com. We posted the link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.